Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning into Life and Community Podcast. This is season two, and I am so excited about the interviews that will be taking place. The first interview today is going to be with Veda Hedgeman, the radio host of Is He a Real One on iHeartRadio. He is a preacher and a teacher in Los Angeles, and we're just going to have some brother talk about gospel-centered preaching. This conversation is going to be all over the place, but all over the place in a good place, and that is the place of Jesus Christ. So I hope you are encouraged by it, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. My name is Shamari, and I am the host of Life in Community podcast. I want to thank all of you for joining me on season one and tuning in and hearing all the wonderful interviews that I had. And I want to welcome all new listeners for season two of Life in Community podcast. As mentioned before, this is a Christian podcast all about what it means to be Christian in a modern context. How do we implement faith principles in our day-to-day life? And how do we connect with those in our community? So today, I'm having a really awesome conversation with someone who I respect and someone who I really enjoy talking to about things concerning Christ. Um, His name is Veda Hedgeman. He is a radio host of Is He a Real One? radio show on iHeartRadio. He's a father, he's a preacher, he's a teacher. Um, He's just an all around amazing man of God. So today we're gonna have the privilege to talk to him about Jesus-centered preaching. So let's welcome Veda Hedgeman. Veda, how you doing today? I am doing great, my friend, and I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, brother. Congratulations on everything you're doing. You already know I'm a really big fan of yours, so I am... I am overly excited to be able to chop it up with you on any platform at any time. Wow, that's amazing, man, because I honestly feel the same way about you. I know I said some of the things you do, but just can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you stay, uh, what is what it's like to be you? Well, uh, born and raised in Southern California, Los Angeles, California, to be specific, grew up as an agnostic, uh, leaning towards atheism. Uh, didn't know I was an agnostic at the time, you know, but, you know, as I learned more about theology, I, you know, I, that's how that that's the best way to sort of uh, uh, classify myself from back then. You know, I have a I have a gang affiliated background growing up in South Central Los Angeles. So essentially the hood that I was from, the neighborhood that I was from, that was my religion. And, you know, Jesus loves Jesus loved me while I was doing all of that. Jesus died for me and I'm just so grateful for him. So it's interesting that you have the topic of Christ centered preaching because I almost interjected and, and while you were doing the intro, like the only preaching it should be, (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) right, right. (laughs) It ain't preached. That's what Paul said. Paul said, if it ain't no uh, resurrection, then our preaching is in vain. Like we ain't even, we wasting our time, you know, but, but that, that's what I say about me, man. And, you know, and the podcast is here ruin radio. It's on iHeartRadio. Uh, it's act, we're actually on Spotify as well, you know, and we're on YouTube. 
you know, we have clips and things of that nature, you know, where we share theology. I appreciate that shout out. Um, so yeah, man, you know, that's some of the things that we, you know, some of the things that we're working on and that's a little bit more about myself. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, thank you for being so honest, open, honest, and transparent. I love that you're not ashamed of your past and that you have allowed it to be a part of your testimony and a part of your passion for what you do today. Um, I got a little icebreaker for you. you All right. Know, I don't want things to be super professional, but um, <laughs> I know the day we're kind of like early evening. So how has your day been and who has made your day better today? Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, my day has been great. I'll say that. Um, unfortunately, I did not physically go to church. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's if it's cool to say the exact time we're recording this, but I'm supposed to go. I was supposed to go to church today, but we didn't. And the reason we didn't is because someone who checked into church last Sunday tested positive for COVID. So we're shutting the church down for a couple of weeks. Wow. Um, you know, but no one's in danger or anything, you know, just being safe and everything. But something good from that is I didn't have to go to church. You know, I was able to listen <laughs> online, you know, and <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's always good if I ain't got to put, put some clothes on and drive up to the building, you know, if I can worship by leaving some emojis in the chat, you know, and leaving some amens in the chat, that, that. <laughs> That right there blessed me. So, you know, what, what the enemy meant for evil, you know, God can use for good. Amen. Praise the <laughs> Lord. So, <laughs> so. Amen. I'm, I hope everybody can see why I'm having this interview with Veda because it is going to be some preaching in it. And um, I love that. Isn't it amazing how COVID has pushed us to have a more hybrid model of church, right. meaning that we can create sanctuaries in our home, in our car, and we right. can be plugged in with one another worshiping. So I think that that's the good that is coming out of this. Um, also, I think it's just unfortunate that we still are in this battle against COVID. But I believe that we are on the latter part of this versus the former. So I'm excited for what God is going to do as a result of this trial that we've been through as a country. And as a matter of fact, as a world. Um right. So the next thing I wanted to do is we're going to just jump into some questions. Veda, I wanted to talk about this because I don't watch every single preacher in the world. I don't watch every single church in the world. So this message isn't a um, data-based conversation. Uh -huh. So I don't want to position myself. I know some people critique podcasts where they say these guys don't even have enough, you know, background to be talking about this subject. So I'm going to position this subject in a way that says why it's important versus why people are not necessarily preaching a, um, a Jesus centered gospel. Uh -huh. I mean, we. I know in some of the things that I've watched, Veda, I've seen um, different programs. Uh, a lot of it sounds to me like a motivational speech. You know, it's typically about how can you build a better business or how can you um, make more money? And there's a lot of entrepreneurship and progressiveness that I hear 
Um, but that, of course, is not everywhere. But it did make me think about what would happen to a person if they are hearing a message that is supposed to be about Christ, but Christ is not involved. Mm. And the, the scripture that came to me was, of course, the salvation scripture that we all look to in Romans. In Romans, um, But I'm going to actually start in Romans 10, where it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord yeah. will be saved. That's right. Calling Romans on Jesus. That's right. Yes, right there. And then it's saying, but then when we go down to verse 14, it says, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? That's right. And and how can they believe in the one whom they not heard? heard. That's right. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Yeah. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? That's right. And then it ends as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Yeah. That scripture resonated with me. And it just put me in a position to talk about how important it is for us to have Jesus at the forefront of our message. So I just want to ask you, based on your observation, are preachers teaching about Christ and making the gospel their main goal and, and, and what you're observing on social media and the different other churches that you're, you may come across? Well, I, I'll answer the question this way and I'll say we. You know, I'll yeah. include I'll, I'll I'll include myself in it. Although, anytime I have a message, I certainly, you know, like like I said, not just do I go out my way to, to make sure I'm talking about Jesus. That's the whole purpose of it. But I'm still going to say we. I do not think that we assure that the message of Jesus is heard every single time. In fact, I'll I'll even add that you know before I got saved, I didn't go to church a whole lot growing up. I virtually I think I remember going when I was like a maybe four years old I vaguely have a memory of being in church that long ago so I didn't really start going to church until I started uh you know my journey you know with, with the Lord bringing me uh bringing me uh to Christ in around 2012 but but I remember not really knowing the specificity of what our faith entails until I started studying on my own independently. It wasn't from going to church services, although I have been, although I had been going to church services. And what I, what I'm trying to articulate is that it wasn't clear to me that sin is our biggest problem. That was not clear to me that mm -hmm. my sin is my biggest problem. And I want to be clear when I'm saying this, because I don't want to be, hypercritical of preachers or specifically pastors who know what that what that house needs you know that pastor knows what's going on in that particular congregation and the holy spirit is leading that pastor to speak to that congregation and if they don't need to be preached at in that type of way in that particular season i'm i yield okay i'm yielding i'm certainly not giving uh, no criticism, but I am saying though that it should be clear to the listener that sin is a problem, and we have and we have salvation through that. And even if someone is going through something, some financial struggles, they're going through something, they're sick, something's going on in their family, they're grieving the loss of someone. You know, some might say, "Hey, that's not the time to tell them." 
about sin and and this and that. But in reality, that gives me comfort when I'm going through things. If I know that the king of the universe, the God who created heavens and the earth, the Bible says that the earth is the work of Jesus's hands. Okay, so Mm -hmm. if this Jesus loves me so much to become human and take on the wrath that my jacked up butt deserves, Mm -hmm. then, and this is a God who's in control, then I trust this God when I'm broke and I got more bills than I got money. I trust this God when I lose a friend or I lose someone who I've known for so long and I'm grieving. I trust this God when I'm sick or my mom is sick. I trust this God when I have a court date going on and I don't know what they're going to say about my teenage daughter. I trust this God. And even if the court date don't give me what I want, I ain't saying it's going to be easy, but it gives me peace because I know that the God that I serve has my best interests at heart. And if he's not giving me exactly what I want in the way that I want and when that I want, I can trust his intentions. I can trust his will and I can trust his timing. So my whole point is some, some, leaders might say hey you know it's not the time to be talking about sin but from my perspective that gives that that will give us peace (laughs) because if jesus will do that for us everything else seems easy you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying you know fixing my job situation fixing my school situation fixing my relationship that's a whole lot easier that's not like it's a whole lot easier for god than becoming human living walking the earth for 31 33 years Dying a brutal death that's so bad that he didn't look like a human anymore, and then and then raising up, and then still dealing with people who act like they didn't believe after he did all that and came back. If he'll do that for me, <laughs> then I trust him with everything else. So I, I'm sorry for being a bit long winded, but but I don't get the impression that we preach sin enough. Because that's the gospel. We need to understand the bad news to have a better appreciation of the good news. Got it. So if I can, if I can paraphrase or get to what you're saying in a sentence, you're saying if we stick to talking about the good news that Jesus Christ came and died for our sin and we are constantly having that at the forefront of our mind then we could trust who he is with other areas of our life. Amen. Amen. That's like you got real good grades in your classes, man. I know, I know you got 17 (laughs) degrees and everything, but I I, I see why, man. I see why. (laughs) That's funny. No, that's funny. But um, I think that, I think, I think that you're making a good point that I'm trying to emphasize so I guess my, that would lead to my next question is why do you believe you kind of answered this a little bit, but I want you to go a little bit deeper into this uh, question. Why do you believe gospel centered preaching is necessary for today, 2021? Man, that's a great I'm, I'm glad you asked me to highlight this because uh, and, and please repeat the question if, if I if I if I forget my point. OK. Because I think it's necessary for today, because, again, we have there is comfort in knowing that the person who is in control has all power 
and has our back. When I go to work, bro, sometimes, man, work is so overwhelming. Like, it's ridiculously overwhelming. It's more, I'm talking, I could go, you know what? I ain't gonna spend no time with my family. I ain't gonna watch no TV. I ain't gonna do nothing for my church. All I'm gonna do is work seven days a week for a whole month. Bro, I'm still gonna be behind. Like, it, it, at the end of the month, I'm still gonna be behind. Like, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculously overwhelming. And the fact that I know that God has my back is what gives me overwhelming peace, overwhelming mm. peace. You know, scripture says there's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I believe that is why, because I know that he has my back. And the part that's a piece to this that I didn't want to forget is that sometimes people will say, oh, just preach the gospel. I know that this topic isn't about uh, injustices and particularly with the church and the debate within the church about how we go about justice. But sometimes people will say, just preach the gospel and don't talk about certain issues. But in reality, there is a comfort in knowing that the God that is in control ultimately does have my back. So if I'm going through something, um, so if I have a God who will forgive me for having an abortion, if I'm going through a God, it's I believe it's Psalm 107, verse 12. It says that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he has moved our transgressions from us. Right. So if he will do that for us, if I'm going through something and I and I'm feeling like I'm not seen because of the because of the ethnic group or the color of my skin and that's depressing or I feel like my uh, my evangelical brothers and sisters aren't hearing me and I don't feel seen. That's what gives me peace. Or again, going through something, you know, uh, something happens in the family, something's going on in the marriage, maybe maybe. Maybe I'm single and I'm not married and I'm feeling lonely and I don't want to be single. You know, there are certain things that will tempt us to have depression, tempt us to be discouraged, tempt us to be frustrated in what's going on in life and the pace of which is happening. And I love the way that you made my response concise. But at the end of the day, when we have an understanding of who God is and all that he has done, there's a peace that comes with our situation. So that's why I think it's necessary for our present day because there's nothing new under the sun. It might be new to us because we ain't been here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you and I were in the same age group, but even if we weren't, if we were 80 years old, okay, the earth is way older than that. Mm -hmm. But God is older than the earth and it ain't nothing new to him. He's got it. He's got that's it. good. So I got a question for you. You keep saying God has our back. Is that the gospel? Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. that's that's what. So if we preach the gospel, then we have an understanding that God has our back. Right. But what I'm saying, though, you're absolutely right. But what I'm saying, though, is when it comes to Christ centered preaching, sometimes sometimes us preachers, we might preach that God has our back in whatever situation is going on. Like I use those examples a couple of times, but mm -hmm. we won't talk about the sin. I'm saying we need to include the sin because a that's really the gospel. And that gives us confidence that God ultimately has our back and what's going on. Otherwise we just saying, okay, are we saying that God's a genie? Are we saying that Jesus is, you know, you know, we pray when we, uh, you know, when we want something or when we need something is that can be the messaging. If we aren't clear that we are sinners 
However, we are saints, but we are only saints because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And if that's not clear, then I believe the messaging to the listener can be, again, Jesus is my genie, you know, or maybe our love for God is going to be conditional. So if some, if and when something bad does happen, you know, I'm, I'm so mad at God that I don't want to believe in him no more. God, why you let my dad die so soon? Why did you let him die from COVID? He did everything right. He shut the church down. Um, he wore a mask. He hardly left the house and he died. God, I do not believe in you. And I'm saying this because I know people who've been in church their whole life and they struggle with their faith when things happen. And it's partially because and I'm specifically talking about a person who who I spoke to, you know, it's partially because of the messages that they've heard their whole life, (laughs) you know, and. So when so when an event occurred in their life that shook their circumstance and it shook what's going on in their life, they didn't have the perspective of God has really been good to me this whole time. And I'm trusting God. And look, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Okay, something can happen. I can get a phone call as soon as I'm done with this interview and it can be super hard for me to understand what the heck God is doing and to trust him and to trust him in peace. I understand that. But I'm just saying that I think that we should be clear that Jesus is not our genie and we don't want to make the mistake of preaching a sermon that will make our love for God conditional. If I end up getting rich, then I'm going to trust God. Am I only giving, am I only tithing because I think I'm going to get a whole bunch of money back? Like it's an investment, you know, like it's one of those cash app schemes that people do on Instagram. Hey, you know, put, put, <laughs> you know, put in, put, put in 50, it's going to turn into 500, put in 500, it's going to turn into 5,000. So is that the only reason I'm tithing or am I tithing because I am a, I am a member of a local church who can use these funds to spread the gospel. So because I'm a member of this local community of believers, I'm giving my money so that we as a local community of believers can spread the gospel more. That's why I should tithe. However, am I only tithing because, and look, I've been guilty of this before too. Am I only tithing? Because when the, when the preacher said, Hey, it's time to tithe. They said, Hey, God is going to double this. So I'm looking at this tithing opportunity as an investment opportunity. I only gave 20 because the preacher said it might turn into something more. No, because that's not the reason I'm supposed to tithe. I'm tithing because this is going to help spread the gospel. And I am a member of this local community of believers. Likewise, there's a situation, there's a circumstance, there's life going on and life is hard. I'm not only trusting God because I think he's going to come through in this particular situation because he might not come through the way I want him to. And when I want him to, he's good anyway. And I need to understand that. I like I like where you're going with this because you answered the next two questions. Um, So I'm going to try to pose it like this. Are you saying to me that. I. If we address the sin issue, right. If we uh-huh. say, if which is this gospel message, the gospel message is that the world, uh, the Bible says we were we were uh, born into sin yeah, and, we shaped, into in iniquity. Iniquity. shaped in iniquity. And shaped into iniquity. Yeah. And so, you know, you have a fall, which is the, the bad news after Adam and Eve, there's a fall. Humanity is broken and there's a sin issue in the world. And sin is 
basically disregard for God's way and disregard for God, even as far as saying disbelief in God. Correct. And despite our disdain for God, he came in the form of humanity and took on our sin because the only, uh, the, the Bible says for the wages of sin is death. So the only wage that you can pay for sin is death. Mm-hmm. That Jesus came, died, and as a result, we are in right standing with God. Mm. And now our sins are paid for. And that specific truth sets us up and it should encourage us to operate in uh, being tithers from our heart to spread the gospel. That should help us. Uh, talk about social justice issues because as a result of what Jesus did for us, we now understand what it means to step in for the oppressed or those who are being mistreated and misunderstood. So our motivation is coming from that payment of our sin. And Hallelujah. So that's what we're saying. And and, and, and I think that and I think that um, without that you said a lot of different things. You said without that, Jesus could become a genie, meaning people could right. go to him, ask the three wishes, and feel like if they don't get them, he he's not. Yeah, Jesus. he did something wrong, right? And then you said, um, you know, people can go into uh, being upset with God because things happen, but they didn't recognize that one of the fruit of God's spirit. Because you know, once we accept Christ, which is another part of the story that we need to get out. Uh, concerning the gospel more is that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit uh-huh. and the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us and acts kind of like as a governing agent of our mind, body, and spirit. And the actual attributes of that Holy Spirit, which in, in Galatians talk about is patience, long suffering, peace, joy. So those are the mentalities that we operate in when the spirit is within us so when something happens that causes us to suffer suffering is a part of in fact being a follower of christ amen yeah absolutely and and i'll tell you what man you know because we live in a fallen world you already you already talked about that we live in a fallen world all of us right and only way that we won't be stained is if the blood of the lamb cleans us and i praise the lord for that free gift of grace and mercy but the um oh shucks i lost my i lost my train of thought i apologize but yeah what you said <laughs> what, what, you, what you said was good i don't know i don't know if you remember just one key point of what you said when you were closing or yeah. if not, you just no i was just saying question. no i was just saying the uh the holy spirit is gives us the fruit of the spirit and the, I'm using, I'm trying to use language that everybody can understand who may not be reading their Bibles, but the Bible says, you know, they're a fruit of the spirit. And really what, we're, what that's saying is the attributes, the, the, the traits, the character traits of the spirit of God when it's in us should be displayed in the acts of being um, patient, being able to suffer in the time of trial, uh, being able to have joy and peace. So, um, uh-huh we won't be upset when something happens to us at God, but we'll understand that as this trial has hit us, we have may have to suffer through it, 
but that is the that is our that is the way that we deal with it and God's going to be with us and it's, it's not meaning that God wasn't for us it just means that things happen in life and God gives us this ability to suffer for for a, a amounts of time because he knows that with life comes suffering and he displayed that while he was on earth um yeah and I just, can I comment on that I remember yeah. what I was going to say so yeah. it, it was it was on the suffering piece bro so the thing about suffering is we live in a fallen world, right? We live in a fallen world where all of us, all, all of us do wrong on some level and the levels vary, but all of us sin, all of us do ungodly things, have ungodly thoughts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And suffering is going to happen whether I am a follower of Jesus Christ or not. Okay? But there's peace when I'm trusting in God though. Yeah. So suffering is going to happen. You're going to end up every single person who's alive, every single person who lit, who listens to this podcast is going to pass away at some point. And somebody cares about those people and they're going to be grieved. That's going yeah. to happen. We're all going to get sick on some level at some point. Like something is going to happen. Someone's going to have, some, you know, I mean, car accidents happen. Things happen. Like, even when it's not something where, oh, wow, I had a bad car accident and I almost lost my life or I had a fatal injury. That's still a major inconvenience that can mess up my year. <laughs> you know, even if I got to just pay the deductible on my car insurance and, you know, and now I got to figure out how the heck I'm going to get a, 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 um, a, a rental car or like things happen that are inconvenienced. Things happen that we consider suffering. It's going to happen whether we put our trust in Jesus or not. However, however, we can put our trust in Jesus and have peace. <laughs> and the thing about us humans is even if things are perfect, because we are imperfect people and we just can't get enough, we're going to make it imperfect. That's what Adam and Eve did. Everything was great there. And God was like, show restraint. God said, show restraint. God wasn't in. The, God didn't say, hey, I'm about to, um, you know, go up the street real quick. Y'all stay right here. Hey, do me a favor and don't kill each other. He could have said that. That's a sin to tell somebody to not do. No. What he said is show restraint. You guys have the ability to do all these things and i'm telling you to use that ability by way of worshiping me by trusting me and what i say and trusting me in my time and i'm saying don't eat that forbidden fruit don't go to that tree and they did not show that restraint and by result things got imperfect because they did not show restraint and because we do that bro suffering is going to occur on some level no matter what. However, again, when we got trust in Jesus, now that same suffering, we can have peace in it. Wow. Pa Paul talked about suffering all throughout his letters. He sounded crazy to me when I first started reading. I'm like, yo, why he sound happy? What is he talking about? He wrote, he wrote Philippians 4.13. That's, that's one of the most popular scriptures. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He wrote that when he was locked up and it wasn't like he was like guilty of committing a real crime. You know, he was locked up for doing the right thing. And wow. he wrote one of the most encouraging passages that people still use almost 2000 years later because wow. his trust was in God. That's good. That's good. 
You preaching now. You preaching now. You preaching now, <laughs> preacher. Woo-hoo. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited because now we're we're getting to something that I feel um, is really at the heart of why I thought about having this conversation. And people, you can you can get whatever you want out of this. Pull what you want um, from this conversation. But um, what I'm really getting at is if we're not making a conscious effort to incorporate Jesus and what he has done. Now, I love Old Testament stories. I love Old Testament examples. But if we're not getting to Jesus and what he has done, and we're not getting people to fall in love with who he is, we are putting them in danger of experiencing life without the savior so my question that i want to conclude with is how does the teaching about jesus improve the the christian community how does it improve our community well it improves our community because you know it's going to help us live in a way that's uh you know, that that's representing him. You know, Jesus is our example. Of course, he's more than that. He's our savior. But Jesus, who is God, became human and lived the perfect human life that God the Father desires for all human beings to live. Therefore, we can look to him and see that. Now, here, <laughs> now watch this, bro. Jesus died for people who were hostile towards him including me and you, Romans 5, 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for the ungodly. So it ain't just the people who killed him. It's me and you too. And he loved us so much in the midst of our hostility to die for us so that we can be set free. And what that has to do with your question is, that's going to impact, if we have that perspective, man, we're going to be loving people even when we completely mad at them and we're completely right. So somebody wronged us, and it's not two sides to the story. This person is actually wrong. They mm-hmm. actually are shady. They mm-hmm. are actually wrong. I'm the person who's right. They are wrong. And we are going to love them. Wow. We're going to love them. Because sometimes with people... Now, what does love look like? love 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 is a vert well you know we have scripture right you know love is patient love is kind all that stuff but i want to know again, your but, yeah but but i'm i'm looking i'm looking to jesus you know i'm looking to jesus i'm looking at that verb i'm looking at not putting myself first Good. i'm looking at not putting myself first you know there's a sometimes i pray for people who um who i'm upset with and it's not a weaponized prayer even something like even something as simple as that that's love so if a person was disloyal they went behind my back and badmouthed me to other people in hopes that those people would turn on me that's something that i might find offensive that's something that i might find frustrating and because i know what jesus did for me while i was hostile with him that helps me love them and say a prayer for them that is not weaponized. Because sometimes we'll, sometimes we'll go, ooh, 
girl, I'm gonna pray for you. Oh man, I'm gonna pray for you. But we really saying you need help. I'm gonna pray that God fix you. That's an insult. We saying we're gonna pray for somebody, but it's an insult. I'm saying authentically praying that their hearts are touched by you. And if they are a professing believer, and what I just analyzed, Lord, from what I see, that doesn't seem like Christ-like behavior. Lord, I pray that you correct them in that and also correct me if I did or said something that has them looking at me the same way. Lord, touch them. If there's a theologian who I'm a fan of and they have said some stuff over the last couple of years that have offended me, will I only talk bad about them on Facebook or am I going to pray for them? If I think they're in error, God, please touch his heart, Lord. Please touch her heart, Lord authentically praying for them i mean love look love can look different ways that's just one example but love is a verb love is our action love is being selfless and even something as simple as praying is is super selfless because we don't want to be humble when we mad i don't feel like being humble i'm mad i'm frustrated mm -hmm. so I, so i think that if 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 we have the right perspective of jesus and what he has done for us that's going to impact Christian living. That's going to impact Christian leaders. And we are going to love each other a certain way. Look, it's so much easier said on a podcast than it is putting it into practice. I'm not saying this, saying that Veda does it well. I'm saying that I know who did it well, and that's who I'm trying to be like. Wow. I love that. That's such a good place to... Um bring this podcast to a close um we are simply saying i simply wanted to reach out to veda and have a conversation um because ultimately i'm not trying to criticize those who are not preaching about christ but what i am trying to do is bring accountability and a level of importance to what it that to what it means to preach about Christ. We have to talk about Jesus and what he's done in everything. We have to be able to always tie every message, especially if it's a gospel message, to what he's done, to to who he what he's doing, and to what his goal is in us and in humanity and in our community. And um, that, I believe, is uh, what will give us the communities that we're, we're wanting that is just, uh, that doesn't have racism, that doesn't have sexism, that isn't misogynist, that isn't um, patriarchal, but we have a community in which men respect women and women respect men and a community where we are not pushing people who are suffering or struggling away, but we're embracing them and we're loving on them and not trying to force them to change, but we're trying to communicate to them that, hey, you had a sin problem and Jesus came and died for that sin problem. And that is why you should put all your trust and your hope in him. Um, do you have any like concluding thoughts or any words of encouragement to preachers and teachers that may feel like the, the message about Christ is becoming irrelevant? Well, I would say, 
I, I would say that, you know, um, God's word lasts forever. And Jesus is the word of the Lord. You know, John 1, 1, Revelations 19, 12, you know, Jesus is the word of God and God's word lasts forever. Mm. So we we, we got to have confidence that his word is sufficient. Now, granted, some sometimes it can feel like, OK, is this the spirit will lead us what to say and when to say, because sometimes I do. I am in certain places and I might not quote scripture. Or, I mean, I even have a segment on my podcast where where it's intentionally not a, a Bible study. Um, you know, the real talk with Big Little Bro, where we're talking about relationships and stuff like that. I, I, I don't have a whole lot of scripture in those videos. They're almost never in my notes. Sometimes it'll come out when I'm talking, but it's almost never in my notes, like pre-planned like that. Um, so the Spirit is going to lead us when to say certain things, what to say, etc., but it's from a general standpoint, though, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a general principle, a foundational understanding of preaching and teaching. Jesus is never going to be irrelevant because without him, don't none of this stuff even make sense. At the end of the day, it don't even make sense. Like, what's the point of going to work, making some money and paying rent? And what until you die or paying a mortgage, getting a home for what? Just so you can smile a few times and then you die and nothing happens. It don't even make sense if God is he has revealed himself through scripture isn't real. What are we even doing here? And I think that when we have that perspective, that understanding, I think that that can help give us more confidence when we're wondering if this is something that is still relevant, but God is always going to be relevant. God is always going to be the answer because as long as uh, we're on this side of heaven, there's always going to be a flawed human being who needs to be saved from him or herself. And Jesus is the way to do that because they can't save themselves. They can't, they tried and it's still jacked up, but Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. So, you know, that that's never going to be irrelevant. It's never going to be irrelevant. So they might go, well, I was molested. I was molested. I don't want to hear that right now. Well, that that's a tough conversation. That's a really tough conversation. But will we understand that how dirty we feel when something like that happens to us, something traumatic like that happens to us, how dirty we feel? There is a God who actually loves you at your worst. He does. He actually loves you. There's not a circumstance where Jesus is going to be irrelevant. Um, he's the word of the Lord and his and his word shall last forever. Wow. His word shall last forever. So I just want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to this amazing conversation. This is, again, Veda Hedgeman. He is a preacher. He is a teacher. He is a radio host of is he a real one and yes he's talking about jesus is <laughs> jesus a real one that's right and he has content on youtube that is phenomenal with various theologians christians authors life coaches and he has topics ranging from um, apologetics to uh, relationships and also just how to do everyday life um so check him out is he a real one 
on YouTube and Beta Hedgeman. You can follow him on Instagram. Can you give us your Instagram handle? Absolutely. It's my first name and then Real MC, V-A-D-A, Real MC, V-A-D-A-R-E-A-L-M-C, Vader Real MC, because I am a real MC. Yes, the man of God has bars to praise the Lord. So I'm a real <laughs> MC, Instagram, Twitter, at Vader Real MC. And if you search in iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, Is He A Real One Radio, it'll come right up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, brother. I appreciate you, and I hope that you have a wonderful day with your family, and I will be talking to you soon. Have a good one. All right. Thank you for having me, and God bless you all. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.